0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy, and you played with passion, and I think there were a lot of kids... Who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Every morning
0: when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast, keep up the great work.
1: And I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I gotta salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves.
1: Welcome to today's episode of the ISO, conversations with experts in the field of sports, players, coaches, broadcasters you name it. Today's is interesting. Someone who I'm uh, looking forward to hearing a little bit more about experiences in his career as well as what he's up to now helping the youth in LA as well as being an entrepreneur on the business side. Former University of Portland pilot who was a tremendous player, Poo Jetter. Poo,
0: how's life in LA? Oh man, Dan, first of all, you know, I gotta salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves, you know. So, man, salute to you and what you've been doing.
1: Well, I do remember the first time that you and I met, your former high school coach, uh, Dwayne Hurd, was actually a Gonzaga Bulldog. I believe he played around the time of Stockton. He brought you to a game years ago at Loyola Marymount when we were playing there. We had a chance to meet after the game. I I, I kept tabs on your career. We played a pickup a number of times in the Portland area, and you've had tremendous amount of success. So I guess starting with your, your upbringing in L.A., playing for a terrific high school coach like Dwayne Hurd, what did you learn most from him?
0: Oh, wow. Like Coach Hurd, you know, who was a tremendous point guard. You know, um, he was in a backcourt, I believe, with John Stockton. So, you know, just learning from a, a coach, you know, with, with so much information, you know, that was the beauty that I tell players now as – Coach Hurt, I had him for four years. Then, of course, when I go to University of Portland, I had Coach Michael Houghton, who was a great college player and an NBA pro. So that's eight years straight of getting information to the people who have really done it at my position, which is golden. A lot of people don't look at that part right there, but um, I remember when Coach Hurt, you know, when Coach Mark Few came to our practice and game, and invited me, invited us out to, you know, watch you get down. And I would never forget your performance in that game. Like, I tell you, every time I talk to you, I say, bro, the halftime score, the guy on the announcer, the announcer was like, Dan Dickow, 34, LMU, 32. I was like, oh, my god, I got to be like you. I have to be just like Dan Dickow. So like I said, just, you know, definitely, you know, watching you and, you know, and and, that's just, and us building a, a great relationship, definitely when I got to the University of Portland, you know, has been a tremendous opportunity experience of why I'm, you know, entering into my 16th year.
1: That's uh, That always brings back a smile to my face because every time we seem to connect, whether it's uh, in a gym in L.A. A, a year or so ago or on text message, You bring that up, and, yeah, I remember that game clearly. That was uh, good memories for me. You were a player who was very similar to me. You were probably undervalued in your recruiting because you were smaller. And And now that you are very entrenched in the L.A. basketball scene, helping young kids kind of prepare for their opportunities, what's the biggest message that you would share to an undersized point guard uh, in regards to their belief in themselves as well as their skills to develop?
0: Well, like I always tell them, like, don't worry about no rankings. Like, let's forget about that part. It's all about development, you know. And with my case, I didn't play AAU. You know, Coach Hurt, you know, he saw, like, a lot of politics in this AAU game. And he was like, man, we ain't playing AAU. We're going to develop and get the right reps. The same reps that they were getting in AAU, I was getting with my high school team. So it didn't really matter. So it's just really who you're learning from and believe. Stay confident because I have a lot of the L.A. kids from, man, from 10-year-olds to pro shadow me in workouts, and I've seen the ones who are not ranked against the ones who are ranked. Like, it don't matter. It don't matter. Just continue to stay focused, keep your eyes on the prize, and just work. And then you have to work some more. So, like, and, and, and during these times when it's like, man, I want to get ranked or move through, I said, man, don't worry about that. It's all about timing. You're going to definitely meet that person. Just continue to stay ready.
1: Work and timing are two words that I really took out of what you were mentioning there, and that's something that uh, obviously all players to maximize their potential have to always work, and the timing has to be right as I mentioned, you're really working with the young kids in L.A. to kind of prepare them for their chances. Is that something right. that you always did, looking back, kind of building your own playing career? Like you wanted to stay involved, you wanted to stay entrenched and really help the young kids coming up?
0: Well, you know, I've learned from – see, when I, was a, when I was a youth, really believed in my, in my craft, in me. Like, I saw a lot of the guys from L.A., they just was, well, feel, you know, was the same way, who was a Sarah High alumni, too. So, Coach, you better get them. So, I developed an amazing relationship with pro players, and I was how important that is So get a lot of the pro players from the city, Russell Westwood, B.D., Andre Miller, DeLon Wright, Darrell, Trevor. Trevor and I was, just got done training uh, in his warehouse, and we've had a couple of the players who are up next to work out with us because they have, we have to install. And that's what a lot of pro players are not doing. Not, and not even, and coaches as well. Pro coaches are not really coming back to the city to install information. We got to build that generational wealth. So I know if it worked for me with BD, Lucius Harris, uh, Jason Hart, Mel Palacio, Earl Watson, I Damon Stoudemire, Ime Udoka. When I got to college at University of Portland, Ime Udoka was the one that really told me about uh, overseas. Because he used to come out, he's like, bro, where have you been? Or Why do I only see you in the summer? He's like, man, I was just in France. So I was just there. Woo So just getting that right information truly worked for me. And I know that it's going to work for the ones up next.
1: You mentioned the name Ime Udoka. He's a guy that I grew up in the Portland area. We would always play pickup at open gyms, uh, Portland Pro-Am's in the summer. We were teammates in the NBA. He's on the cusp of being an NBA head coaching job. And so he was giving information. He was mentoring you as you were coming up, and you're passing that back on. You mentioned Ime and playing in Europe. You played one year in the NBA, and then, but right. the majority of your career has been in Europe and in China. Yeah. What can you tell people that, you know, because a lot of people are oh, just one year in the NBA. You have to be unbelievably good to have that one year. And then you were on right. that cusp of maybe the best point guard in the world, not in the NBA. Well, right. is there any frustration looking back at, at that part of your career or, or what ifs? Or did you just take it as, man, I'm blessed to be playing this game I love and experiencing the world?
0: Well, you know, like me not being ranked, I think it's a preparation in life. Like me not being ranked in high school, definitely prepared. And me not going to ABCD or Nike camp was definitely the the preparation period. It's part of the process. So imagine so when I get to University of Portland and it's my senior year and I'm going crazy in the WCC three-time-off conference. And then Coach Holden has that call with Marty Blake for Portsmouth. And we're on the phone, and he was like, yes, we know about pool. Yeah, we know, but we feel – I think his name was uh, Jamar Wilson, something like that. It was someone, something Wilson. From Rhode Island is better. So I didn't get my invite to uh, to Portsmouth. You know, I'm like, I'm one of the top seniors on the West Coast. My senior year of college, we beat Oregon. We beat Oregon State. We we beat a lot of the uh, – one more, I believe, pack. Pac-10 maybe back then, at the time. And then, you know, I just, but that never stopped me from believing in God. First of all, I'm sorry. I, I got to mention that. Uh, my belief and faith and, and God in God and myself, which allowed me to build that type of confidence. No matter what, I've learned at a point in my life to give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what happens, we give thanks and keep moving. So by the time, so imagine, bro, I didn't go to Portsmouth. Uh, I didn't go to Orlando pre-draft, but how things work when you're working hard and believing things will take care of itself. So Ryan Holland, uh, we was part of the same agency with Ty Ramazar back then. He didn't want to go to the pre-draft in Orlando. So he had his own type of workout with 16 teams right there. And this is like when Rico Hines was training us back then. So imagine, this 2006 where now I'm able to show, and this is the first year Draft Express was really uh, like around, so this is how I built and built my relationship with Jonathan Javoni, and 16 teams was there, I put on a clinic, but I put on a clinic in front of these 16, 17 in a row shots, they seen my shape, Sacramento, now you've been part of the draft process, and I know a lot of people that's probably watching this are going to be like, dang, like, so from that performance at pre-draft allowed me to go to a workout with Sacramento at the time who didn't have a, a pro coach. They have a coach. So who was doing a workout? Jeff Petrie. So the GM was doing the workout. I went against Will Blaylock, who at the time was probably one of the, one of the best point guards in the draft. I ended up doing real well against Will Blaylock. Like, like rip, like ripping them, you know, there's no disrespect, This is the truth, you feel me? Like just ripping them, whoop to whoop. And then that allowed, Jeff Petrie call my agent, I was like, yo, can he stay and work out in the next group that, on like, just like a Friday, like Sunday or Monday? My agent was like, sure. Did another workout, performed. Did another workout, performed. And then that allowed me to build that relationship with Sacramento. And, and just, I think they was at that time was like, yo, if you don't get drafted, you know, you can play summer league. with. I knew I wasn't getting drafted. I only worked out in front of two teams. So it's just the way how it worked where then I worked out another time before the draft. So I did three workouts with the Sacramento Kings. So that lets you know it only takes one team to really love you. Get to summer league, this is when Ryan test. Francisco Garcia, Kevin Martin, they all played summer league in 2006. I'm coming off the bench like the first one because Jack Petrie and Wayne Cooper loved me. So by me playing well, imagine, I didn't go to Portsmouth. I didn't do all that draft process. But then I get a summer league opportunity of really playing, and then that allowed me – because, you know, the last game of the summer league, nobody – Nobody played. you know. Francisco now playing. Reiner, test Cap. So they like, yo, Pooh, it's your show, man. I had like 20.5%, points, five assists, six rebounds, hoop-de-boop. That allowed me to get a partial guarantee contract to camp. They paid me to come to camp. So I'm over here like, wow, just look at that. By God, and you know, just you know, just working hard consistently. Which allowed you know that to you know definitely get me on everybody's radar in the NBA international world, but you know I just wanted to tell that story. My bad for you know going a little long,
1: but no, it's absolutely okay. I knew some of that backstory. I didn't know the whole thing, and and I think the biggest thing that um, I take out of that is you know you mentioned you've got a big faith in God above, but also you have a faith and a belief in yourself and the preparation that you are going to put in. So when the opportunity presents itself, you're absolutely ready. Right. You've also spent a, a number of, of years overseas, and you played some, for some right. really good teams over in Europe, but you were also one of the first guys to really buy in to being a part of uh, the kind of wave of Americans going to China. What right. was What were your experiences like in China? Did you enjoy playing over there?
0: Oh, wow. I remember, man, I remember, like, my first – I went to China in Jinan, Shandong province. It's a huge province in China. I went in 2012 on a tryout. So I went and I was like, okay, like my, one of my, uh, one of friends, I know that's an agent. Um, he was like, yo, I got a team that, you know, one in China, that want to check you out. And mind you. So 2010, 2011, I was with the Sacramento Kings. Then 2011, Twelve, I went to Barcelona and played in ACB again because you know I played in you know in ACB and in Ukraine and you know I played all over in Europe as well. But from me going on a tryout and then showcasing myself in front of the coach, this and that, allowed me to step in and you know and be a point guard on the team in Shandong. And 2012-13, Marbury is the world at this time. You feel me? He was he won maybe like a title before with Beijing and on my team I don't know have you did you play with Jackson Roman
1: yes I was with him with the New Orleans Hornets great player great energy guy huge
0: personality man rest in peace you know yeah. so Jack so Jack and Jack and I and this guy named Zaid Ibus who's one of like one of the top players from Jordan um we're on the same team and from that point of, and the team, so I didn't tell you the story. So the team finished, previous year, they finished last in the league. So that allowed you to get three imports. So at this time, so now it's myself, Jack, and I was playing together. We go to the championship. So that allowed me to and by this time, I'm like the best point guard in China right now because, you know, we just beat Marbury to go to the championship. We swept Marbury. So that was my respect from Steph right there, even though I had a relationship with him through uh, Trevor Reza because they were teammates and friends. that and, and and me knowing his brother Zach Marbury, that allowed from that moment right there for me to get a two-year contract in Shandong. Then I signed an extension for one, for one year. So I was four years with one team in China, then I did two years in Tianjin and then I did two years in Fujian. So, you know, just me being in China has been an amazing experience. I signed like a deal. I signed like a deal. with I signed a deal with uh, Leaning Ning uh, for like five years. So myself and Marcus Williams, that was from Seattle, we were like the the two American players that ever signed like a Leaning Li deal in, with the CBA. So like, just, you know, and, and, and definitely one thing that people don't know about China is they're like, yeah, you got to score, you got to score, you got to do this. But China is big on development. So I used to get the Chinese players, or my teammates, I should say, and I used to be like, yo, coach, let me get the guards. Let me get the guards down here and let me show them, like some moves, this and that, and that builds. And once you show and invest in, mm. in, in like, the country, this and that, that's going to spread. And that's like, you know, like I said, I I was entering into, I did eight years in China. So it's just like, you know, just taking things and being humble and just going with the process and development part, you know, it's taken a long way, but I, I love China to death. Like I freaking love China.
1: So you spent eight years, you spent eight years in China, you become a really popular player as uh, is obvious based on a leaning deal for five years every player has to understand you're you want to play as long as possible but you also got to be done you now are back in the LA area staying ready so if another playing opportunity comes up but you're an entrepreneur you run yeah. a sneaker company an apparel company in in South Bay LA is yeah. that something that you always thought of when you were at University of Portland uh, earning your degree, or is that something that when you got that deal with Lee Ning, the wheels started turning and you thought, Hey, I like this. I want to be a part of this type of business
0: down the road. Yeah. So definitely Terrell Brandon had a barbershop in Portland called TB. I don't know if you remember that. And it was like a barbershop slash shoot store. So I always thought that was creative. So that was the first time I saw that was like 2002, you know, of course, you want to be a professional player or this and that, but I want to make sure that, you know, you, you're installed with the right information of financial literacy or even know how to tie it to life skills. So, you know, um, that's the beauty that came out of, you know, having laces really for the community. So from pop-up shops to podcasts to meet and greets, I've done a a lot of things with people in the community, which allowed us to get like the community uh, outlet, like the SoCal or California community uh, year award from Nike, you know? So, you know, the community is, is I'm big in that, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we give people opportunity to be great as well. I love the passion
1: that I hear in your voice you talking about, you know, your laced, shop the opportunity that it's creating as well with the foundation to impact kids what's next for Pugeter what what's on your what's on your agenda knowing you're you're hoping to maybe play again depending on pandemic um hoping for opportunities but big picture what does Jetter want to do
0: well so now you know I have my Ukraine passport you know I, I forgot to mention that uh I was able, by me playing my first year in Europe, I was playing with BC Kyiv in Ukraine. And the president of the federation, or the owner of the team became the president of the Ukraine Basketball Federation. So, and that was like 2011, 2012. So, when Coach Mike Patello was the head coach of the national team, his assistants was Joe Wolf, Coach Joe Wolf, Jay Larinaga, and Coach Bob Hill. My first year in the D League after I was cut from Sacramento in 06 was my coach was Joe Wolf. You know, so you know, by him, it's just how it's just how life works. Like, man, life works amazing. For me playing in the D League with Coach Wolf, then going to Ukraine playing with BC Kids, then Coach Wolf becomes an assistant in Ukraine with Coach Patello. And that allowed the opportunity for me to get a passport from, you know, the Ukraine Federation. And, you know, once my name was brought up to uh, Sasha Volkov, who played in NBA NBA with Atlanta Hawks with Mike Patello, that's how everything works. Like, life works, man, but you just got to continue to, you know, act justly, to love mercy, and to continue to walk humbly, you know, with God. And that's what the requirement that I look with, you know, going with, you know, just the – my work ethic and the way how I treat people. So, you know, me having a a Ukraine passport 2013 allowed us to do extremely well in Eurobasket. We was ranked last. We was ranked last in Eurobasket. And then we ended up being top six and top seven goals to a World Cup. So, So I was allowed to do. Do something amazing with Eurobasket 2013, go to World Cup 2014, you know, with the Ukraine team. And then by me now still having my passport uh, next month, uh, I'll most likely be going to go play in Ukraine, you know, and using my passport, you know. So, you know, that's the beauty of it right now. I'm training hard, you know, staying in shape, working on other projects, but, you know, hopefully uh, I'll be able to go back, you know, to Europe and you
1: know, do year 16. Well, Pooh, I appreciate the time. You've got lots of different things going on. It was great to hear a little bit more about your Laced South Bay shop. I can't wait to check it out at some point when I'm down in L.A. again, knowing that, you know, with my broadcast travels, who knows if I'm down there this college season or next season, but I look forward to checking it out. And uh, thanks for being a big supporter of SB Live and all the things that you do for high school athletes in particular in Southern California.
0: Yes, man, salute to you, salute to Connor, man, like, Connor is an amazing person, every time I want to do something in the city, I always call him and make sure that he's a part of it, so, you know, a lot. I know a lot of great things are going to be coming from uh, myself and SB Live, so, you know, I want to tell everybody, man, please follow the store LA South Bay, uh, be a part of experience, and like, let's just make sure that during this time and pandemic that we just continue to stay focused and continue to believe in yourself.
1: Thanks again, Poop. Have yourself a great day and
0: uh, God bless. Man, you too, my bro. Thank you, bro.
1: The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for
0: professionals.